The show made for moms and families. It's Channel Mom. Moms should get more credit. Back when I became a mom, I realized people thought my former career in TV news was more important than my motherhood. But that's backward because moms are raising that next generation and the world depends on us to do it well. So moms, this is your time to sit back, relax, and let Channel Mom cheer you on and equip you in your job as a mom because you're doing some of the most important work on the planet. Channel Mom, we encourage moms. Now, here's your host, Jenny Dean Schmidt. Oh my goodness, I'm so glad you're here. I really hope that you are here for a reason today. Welcome moms and every family member and pet that's listening today. I am Jenny and this is Channel Mom where we encourage moms because you guys have an amazing job and uh, the world depends on you to raise the next generation. All right. Did you know that the marriage rate in America has dropped by almost 60% since the 1970s? Oh my goodness, this makes me sad. I know marriage is hard, but it's also a good thing. So we want to help you with your relationship issues today, moms. We're going to move to part two of our relationship series. And today we're going to consider the differing personalities and how to understand each other's emotions and find your glow as a couple, all from the Enneagram perspective. You know, that personality type thing that uh, finds nine personalities. I believe that the host of a popular relationship podcast, Krista Harden, can help boost your relationship today to a new level when Channel Mom returns. Moms are a big deal, but sometimes the world forgets. That's why Channel Mom Media and Outreach is here. We exist to love, coach, and encourage every mom. Whether she's struggling with parenting, single motherhood, homelessness, or locked in prison. On the radio and social media, Channel Mom works to remind each mom of her importance and give her the latest and best advice. We also reach out to moms with our hands and feet, helping homeless and incarcerated moms, as well as moms in the country and mothers in the city. You can join our work by praying for us, volunteering, or giving at ChannelMom.org. The abortion rate continues to increase in Colorado, but there is still hope. For 40 years, the compassionate care team at Alternatives Pregnancy Center has come alongside teens and adults who feel like abortion is their only choice. Alternatives lets them know they're not alone. Through advocacy, resources, and mentoring, Alternatives Pregnancy Center moves people from a place of suffering to thriving. You can be part of the solution by giving just $10 to provide life-saving medical and counseling services. Give today at youhavealternatives.org slash donate. Channel Mom with Jenny Dean Schmidt. Hey, welcome back, you guys. So glad that you're joining us today. A shout out to our podcast listeners. As I said, our podcast has been growing exponentially. So I'm really happy about that. Not for me, but for the message, because I just want moms everywhere to know how important they are and to be encouraged by the fabulous guests I have on the show, including today's guest. So I do have a mom market shout out to our radio stations across the country. So glad you can be joining us from Oregon to to Arkansas and Nebraska and just, you know, every place in between. Idaho, too. I think we're, we're heard in Idaho. And then, of course, here in Denver. Longtime listeners here in Denver. Uh, Colorado Springs also, um, you know, the whole Denver metro area. And uh, do check out our folks at youhavealternatives.org. Youhavealternatives.org. They do such good work. And um, I felt like I was going to do a little other business. Oh, I had some friends to say hello to. I'm speaking this week um, at 
Conifer Community Church, a women's conference. So, so grateful that they invited me to speak for them. And then also, I, I met some folks the other day from Valor Christian who were um, volunteering at my new office place with Movement 5280. These sweet ladies, Sally Ann and also Holly. So a little hello to them. I don't usually do that. That's like 1980s radio where, where people could call in with dedications, right, Jim? <laughs> so, but I'm doing it because I'm that old. All right. So I'm super excited about our guest today. Her name is Krista Hardin. She has counseled couples apparently all over the earth for two decades. She also hosts the popular Enneagram and Marriage podcast, which has helped thousands of couples find balance and connection and joy. Wouldn't we all like that in our relationship? Of course, she also has a marriage herself to husband Wes, and they have three children. And one reason I'm talking quickly today, which I tend to do sometimes, and being so enthusiastic, is because my guest practically outdoes me in enthusiasm, which is hard to do. Welcome to Channel Mom, Krista. Thank you so much, Jenny. I'm so happy to be here. And I love that we're both enthusiasts. Yes, I do. Awesome. I do too. For really laid back people, they might have to shut us off, but hopefully not. <laughs> um, by the way, I should have mentioned your new book is called The Enneagram in Marriage. It's like, it's, it's like a workbook. It's incredible. It's like, I don't want to call it a Bible because I don't like it when people steal the Bible word, but, but it's got so much good information and research to, to help your marriage thrive or your relationship. If you're not yet married or, you know, if you're in, you know, you're divorced and you'd like to know how to be married well. Anyway, the Enneagram in Marriage, your guide to thriving together in your unique pairing. So we're going to dive into this today. But first, Krista, you know, I like to do a little background research. So I kind of went out to look at the state of marriage in America. And I don't necessarily um, endorse everything that Daily Beast does. And I'm trying to get Jim's attention because we're (laughs) – Um, so I I call this my – I'm not going to play yet, Jim. But I I did some research and I thought, okay, what's the state of marriage? What's happening to marriage in America? What's happening to our relationships? So this is what I found on YouTube, our show setup soundbite. Here's a question for you. Is marriage overrated? Marriage rates have been declining since the 70s. And 2021 was the first year that more children were born out of wedlock than in it. Well, one psychologist is telling us why. First, traditional reasons for marriage, like economic stability and social mobility, no longer matter. Next, people marry when they are happy. And we as a society are less happy. Great. Also, high divorce rates paint a bad picture. Next, the insane cost of weddings. Also, women are fine doing motherhood alone. And lastly, single women are happier and live longer. It turns out that married men have better health and happiness, but it's the opposite for women. <laughs> I mean, I either want to laugh or cry. First of all, since when doesn't economic stability matter? She literally just wrote that off. Um, and she also said, and women can raise children alone. And yes, they can. I know some incredible single moms and my applause goes out to them. But you know, there is research that suggests that, that children also need dad in the home when and if possible. And, and again, I'm not diminishing single moms because there are amazing single moms out there. But, but to write all of that off, oh my goodness, what has happened to marriage in America, Krista Hardin? Oh my goodness, that is just such a sobering fact to really sit with these statistics. And you're going to see some variation in statistics, but in general, 
you're absolutely right. Sometimes we think, you know, divorce rates have gone down, but then we consider, oh, people are cohabiting more and they're not marrying as quickly. And there's some good to that, right? When we look at statistics, we see sometimes it's best to wait a couple of years yeah. to see how things are. And so it's not all bad, but, but what's hard is that people realize that once the honeymoon of a relationship is over with these long dating years, sometimes there's no impetus to really starting to get married at all. It's like we're already feeling flatlined. And so what I like to help couples to do is not only to find their gifts together and the way they shine together, but also a mission together so that it's not just about themselves selfishly, but that it's about serving together and loving others because we actually know statistically that that will help couples to have a mood booster also. So I'm just so grateful to be here and to get to share my book out there because I know we need it. And we're so grateful for you and your fabulous enthusiasm, Krista Harden, your darling. <laughs> um, okay, so I'm gonna I'm gonna give you one more set of statistics and then we're gonna dive in to help for these statistics. And you're right, it isn't all bad. I'm not putting down people who are waiting on marriage or putting down people that had absolutely had to get out of a relationship because it was it was horrible for their children or if it was abusive or whatever, right? Um, so I'm not, I'm not putting down anybody. It just makes me sad that we've come to a place where we feel like we don't want to be married anymore and, and that the marriage rate has dropped almost 60% since the time, you know, in the 70s when I was growing up. All right. This is it. A couple of the biggest factors for getting a divorce, according to the, you know, there are a million research studies out there. But the one that I found said that in the top three were lack of I'm sorry, compatibility, lack of compatibility and too much conflict or arguing. And I think that ties directly to what you're trying to do in your book which is to solve that issue, which when you feel incompatible, it's really maybe a matter of understanding each other's unique personalities or when there's too much conflict to, to understand the other person's personality can diminish that conflict. So I was like, okay, that's really interesting. This is something that Krista can help us with. And I think mm -hmm. we should dive in by having you give us a quick overview of the nine personality types according to the Enneagram. Okay, great. I love that and I love that listeners can really connect with us to see, okay, so there is something to us nuancing in marriage. We're not all just general people. We have these varied gifts. And so let's go through those nine types and we can see what each of them are. Okay. So we have, we're going to just call them one through nine, but they also have names. And so I'll share those as well. So okay. type one is often called the improver. This is the person out there listening who likes to bring order and notices the one thing out of place in the room can be perfectionistic. They're worry is if I'm not all good, I might be all bad. Okay. Now, type two is out there also called the giver. If I'm not serving or being served, I'm not worthy. They're very big connectors in the heart. They're just such lovely givers out there. Mm -hmm. Now, type threes are performers, and they're often plagued with the thought that if they're not gloriously achieving just perfectly, that they're nothing, that they have no worth if they're not achieving in the world. Type fours are awesome at depth and creativity but sometimes there's a sense of if I'm not special or unique, I'm to be despised. I, I rank myself against others terribly with envy. Now, type fives might note themselves as the person who is the researcher, the person who is always noticing and wanting to gain knowledge. And sometimes that's because they have this deep fear. If I'm not fully competent, I'll be overwhelmed and run out of energy. Uh -huh. Now, type sixes are very well prepared. This is the the mom who has her mom purse out on the airplane and she's giving everyone tissues and everything. And yet 
she worries and struggles if she's not fully prepared for everything and doesn't prepare her spouse and family that she'll lose all the security. Now, type sevens are known as the enthusiasts, and you can guess that's my type. Yeah. Uh, they love freedom. Uh, there's this underlying worry that if I'm not free, though, if I'm too connected and constrained, I'll be overwhelmed and I'll have to face unbearable pain and emotion. So they move very fast. Now, the type eight is a powerful type, and I really like, a lot of people call them the challenger, mm-hmm. uh, but there's a sense of protecting others. I also call them the protector mm-hmm. that protect their mama, but there's this fear if I'm vulnerable, I'll be overtaken and completely defeated. And then last, the nines, there's a lot of nines out there. These are the peacemaker mamas and dads who are just out there trying to make sure that people are getting along, they're merging with other types to try to make sure that everybody's needs are seen. Uh, but there's a sense that's false about them, too. If I don't keep the peace, I'll lose my relationships and disappear. So as you can imagine, these unhealthy inner dialogues can get us all in quite a bit of trouble in marriage. But the gifts can truly help us to soar. And, you know, just understanding the other. I mean, it's funny, and, and I will not make this, you know, all about yeah. myself. Um, if anything, I make it more about you so that you can use you and your husband mm-hmm. as an example. But um, it, 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 first of all, <laughs> for a while there, I thought I was a three, the the, the achiever or the performer. But um, yeah. no, no, no. For, uh, uh, well, I wanted to hear what you think that I am before I tell you anything about what I think I am. But okay. uh, But here's what I was going to say first. If you can understand, because you were describing my son in one of the types, and mm-hmm. and I, I conflict with my son a little bit more than my daughter, and I think when you describe who he is, I'm like, oh, if I honored this in him, I would conflict with him less. And the same goes for mm-hmm. our spouses. So I love that. All right, so go for it. You're the expert. What do you think I am in 10 minutes of knowing me? Oh, my goodness. I think that you're either the three, seven, or eight, because these are the assertive types and the three, I can see why you thought you were three. That is the truth teller. Now, my other gut instinct was you called yourself an enthusiast like me, but I saw the power of the eight in you. I saw that protector. So I'm going to go with eight and then some three and some seven also, because I think that people are complex and sometimes they even relate to more than one. But were you one of those three? I don't... <laughs> <laughs> this was part of my problem when I was reading your book. I'm like, I don't know, because it's a fabulous book, but I kept saying, what am I? I mean, I felt like a chameleon, like, am I just a fake? Am I all these things? And so, yeah, I don't, I mean, when I take other tests, I'm called a connector. I'm called, I, I was told I was from fun country. I like to have fun. I'm obviously a loud talker and a fast talker and gregarious and extroverted. So mm-hmm. all those things are true of me. But um, I, I, I know that the type eight is a powerful type and a challenger and a protector. So I immediately thought that's my son. And so maybe that's why my son and I conflict because because I've never thought of myself as an eight. I thought maybe I was a seven like you, like an enthusiast or a performer like type three, but I'm not sure. And I'm definitely a truth teller. I definitely am that. But here's the other thing. I'm going to shut up about myself here in a second, but Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'm also, I tend to err on a fearful side sometimes too, which is six. And so I'm like, oh, oh, no, am I just a fearful person? So anyway, um, thank you for making me wiser. Maybe I am an eight. Maybe I am. Well, you might be a seven wing eight. For those who have heard of wings, what it just means is if we were to put all these personalities on a line or a circle, um, you would see that you if you're like a seven, you might have a six wing and have a bit more fear or you might have an eight wing and have a bit more power. So I think you're in that seven, eight camp. Um, and you can see which one resonates more with you as a core 
desire. Like, do you like freedom more or do you like holding power more? Um, because sevens don't care as much about, uh, you know, I want to say protecting and, and power. They do some, but they care a lot about like making sure everyone feels light and free and eights care a bit more about like making sure the underdog is helped. Oh, I am that person. I'm constantly worried about the homeless and people in prison. And that's interesting. Really interesting. Okay. So shut up about Jenny now. Let's get back to the. Okay. 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 Um, all right. So the book is The Enneagram and Marriage. And we're here to help you today because this is Channel Mom's relationship series. I'm going to try to get one more guest next week that has to do with relationships because I, we all struggle. We all struggle in relationships. And I'm not, this is not me putting down my husband. We, we struggle in relationships, period. Like our, our relationships with our children are just relationships. They're, they're hard and they're wonderful at the same time. So I'm going to start, I'm going to ask you a couple of kind of gen- general questions and then we can get into some specifics. Mm-hmm. So what are some practical ways that you suggest people use their, their knowledge of their Enneagram types to better, and maybe their knowledge of their partner's types. And you can go online and take this test, or you can just go back to what Krista said, just rewind the podcast if you're on podcast and listen to what you might be and what your spouse might be or your partner or even your children. And and what are practical ways that people can use those types to know and understand and relate to better their their spouse? Well, my favorite way that I think is the most basic is you heard me talk about each type's gift, but also their core fear. And I think that what spouses don't do a lot of in conflict is to talk about their core fear. They mostly go into fight or flight, like I'm going to push harder, I'm going to withdraw. And we hear this when we think about our attachment styles. But when we actually address with our spouse, like when I said to Wes, I have learned about the Enneagram and it's actually uh, really shocking me that it's labeling me with such, you know, of course, like we both agreed and probably every listener here knows we're all more than just our type, but this type really caught me and helped me to see that something of my personality type being enthusiastic and freedom and carefree also makes me have that same shadow side of when I'm overwhelmed and in pain, I feel like it's going to last forever. Oh, yes. That to my spouse changes our dynamic of versus me fighting him to giving him this deeper layer that he can stop and pause in the middle of a conflict and say, oh, honey, I don't want you to feel overwhelmed. Like, let's figure out a way for you to feel safe because sevens are part of the fear triad along with fives and sixes. And so if you dive even deeper, you can learn if you're part of the fear triad or the feelings or the gut types. But in general, just this basic knowing of your gifts and your fears, sharing that fear with your spouse helps to disarm them against you. That's so good. Yeah, that we know our fears, we know our strengths, we know our weaknesses. I mean, it's, it is helpful. It's giving me freedom just to, to hear about this today. Oh, um, yeah, yeah, it is. It is. And, 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 and freedom in the way in which I relate to my husband. You know, I've known my husband since I was four. So you think I would have figured him out by now? <laughs> okay. So in your book, The Enneagram and Marriage, you, you talk about how partners tend to bring out both the best and the worst qualities in each other. So mm-hmm. how, and, and actually there are some pairings that you say don't actually even work toge- together very well. <laughs> and I don't want to cause a divorce today, but, but how mm-hmm. do we tend to do that? And also, I, I think you discussed the fact that sometimes we, we, we are not comfortable when our partners are trying to fix themselves within their personality type. So that's a lot of questions right there. But, but how, yeah. how do we bring out the best and the worst in each other in our different personality types? 
Well, I think that what happens when we get really stressed is a lot of the time we don't do what I just said. We don't stop and say, let me pause, let me breathe, let me regulate, and let me share my inner fears. Or perhaps we do that, but we never work on things. And each of the types has a vice. And so when you know your vice, your spouse can trigger you when they're you know, just having a normal conflict with you, and you can go right into your vice deeper. So for instance, if you're a type two, your vice is pride. And you might say, I'm such a giver, and that's so good, and that's how I find my worth. But when your spouse irritates you, let's say that they uh, don't spend the amount of time you would want to as a two, and you're like, I'm such a giver. Why don't you want to hang out with me and do more fun romance and have a sleepover every night? And then they don't want that. They're different. And then you just start serving more in your pride. And that vice just carries you, and you're like, well, now I'm going to be the head of this, and I'm going to be the head of that, and I'm going to take on this new thing. And your pride gets puffed up, but your marriage goes down. And that is how each of the types has their I talk about them in my book, um, and that's how it can just make your marriage harder. You're not directly doing your work to say, how can I work out of my advice? How can I pause? How can I admit my deepest fear? But sometimes, let's be honest, we do that work, and our spouse is scared by the work we're doing. Because for me, as a seven, I was running so hard, as you might have read in my book, that mm-hmm. my spouse was cracking with me. And when I finally slowed down to pause, to do my work, to check in with my emotions, He was like, where's my superwoman? And I was like, she's falling apart. Krista has to take a break now. (laughs) So Wes needed to have a hot minute to breathe. He was dysregulated. So just so you know, doing your work, I think the best way to do it is slow and steady. And also to give your spouse time to adjust to you, growing and learning too. Often sometimes women are willing and just have the capacity with all their friendships to do a bit more work a bit sooner. So having some grace for your spouse. And I do lastly want to say here to that question, um, yes, there's going to be some types that um, are more volatile, but those types, when they're really doing good work, they can be super powered. They can be rocket launch out there. So every type has a gift with every other type. And there's a strength to each and every of the 45 possible pairings. Okay. So just for fun, and then I'm going to ask you a really hard question, but just for fun, yeah. what are some types, what are, two, name two types and, and name their names as well, not just their numbers, um, yeah. that that struggle unless they can create power from it? What what are two types that struggle? Yeah, uh, three and eight. And basically, they can be explosive. I have a picture in my mind, and I'm going to remind people, the three is like the performer, the truth teller, and the eight is that powerful type that we talked about that you might be. When you put those two together, yes, there's a lot of big energy for let's get out there and tell the truth. Let's get out there with power and protect others. But this competing big energy can make things very hard. And when there's disagreements, there's so much energy there that it can be also very explosive. So picturing, uh, we have an artist who does pictures for each of our pairings, and she and I did a rocket launching off for this couple when they're doing well. Um, But we've interviewed so many threes and eights together, and they're like, but we are also literally spontaneous combustion when we go off. Well, you with, know? With, so with that in mind, I'm interjecting because we only have about three or four minutes left. Um, what are two types that do really well together? Because I think often opposites attract. It's like a thing because I'm thinking about my husband wow. um, and he's the helper and the giver in many ways or he's the peacemaker, mm-hmm. which wow. you know, is a nice compliment to, to my yeah. challenger enthusiast type. So so yeah. what are two two that work well together? 
I really like to see the eight and the nine together because the eight has all that power and the nine is such a peacemaker. And what happens is the peacemaker, and these are two very common types, by the way, the peacemaker will let others sometimes walk on them and not have their voice heard. And that's one of their core fears is no one will hear me. I don't matter. Mm. And the eight can champion them. And it's beautiful when I get to see an eight bringing justice to this nine who's been unheard. And then it's also so beautiful that the nine can invite the eight into rest and so you don't have to be on all the time you're allowed to rest and kick back it's just so beautiful yeah i'm looking for an assistant and i'm starting to think about personality types that that yeah, would work well huge. okay so yes, what, people say that about my book they're like i'm using it for my coworkers. <laughs> yeah right jim how much time do you have left two minutes all right so here's my big question for you you ready for it mm-hmm. can we figure out a way to have you come back as our part three, because we didn't even get through half of your material about the glow and everything else, and maybe get some callers to call in with their types and talk to you and get advice so that other people can get help. Could you come back next week? Please tell me you're not going on some exotic vacation. I would love to come back. I would absolutely adore that. I'm not leaving next week. I'll be in town. Lovely. So we're going to figure out a time to pre-tape you, and we're going to do part three of our relationship series, and we'll be bringing Krista back, and maybe um, we'll figure out a way to take callers, even though we're taping. We can maybe get some callers who could call into the taping. Um, That would be fantastic. I love it. Okay, so everybody knows what's going to happen next week. Our relationship series continues. She's going to dive in more to how you deal with the personality type that you happen to be married to or about to marry or maybe it's your ex whatever you can maybe some figure out some things I love this so for now Krista how do we find you and the book the Enneagram and Marriage well you can type in the Enneagram and Marriage on Amazon Google wherever you're at or you can visit my website www.theenneagraminmarriage.com and I also have a podcast called Enneagram and Marriage you can find me there too Okay, awesome. And you'll be back next week and we'll talk less about Jenny and more about everybody else in the audience. (laughs) All right, well, God bless you, dear. And thank you, moms, for all you do. It's the time in the show. I thank Krista. I thank all moms who devote so much time and sacrifice and energy and love to raising their children well. Thank you. Check us out at channelmom.org. We would love to help you. And yeah, have a blessed and beautiful weekend. If Channel Mom Radio and podcasts give your mom life a boost of encouragement, would you consider supporting us? In order to keep our broadcasts on the air and serve moms and kids on the ground, we need help from listeners like you. You can support us through a one-time donation or by signing up to be a monthly partner at an amount of your choice. Just go to channelmom.org and click donate at the top of the page. New monthly donors will receive a special gift package in the mail. While research shows moms are undervalued and families are struggling to stay together, Channel Mom works to lift up motherhood and add value to your family. We depend on donors like you to provide outreach to at-risk moms in prison and homeless shelters or dealing with single motherhood. Our life-changing programs are over capacity, so your donation will help us serve more moms and kids. Be a part of the change you want to see for mothers and families. Visit channelmom.org and click donate. We thank you for your generous support, and may God bless you for coming alongside Channel Mom.